Welcome to the Let the Games Begin podcast. Today, you'll be hearing an interview I had the chance to do with Don Sperling, who's been the vice president and executive producer of the New York Giants Entertainment since 2007. He oversees all the branding, marketing, television, radio, digital media, social media, and game day experience for the Giants. Previously, he was the senior vice president and executive producer at NBA Entertainment, He talks about the responsibility he possesses operating all these massive aspects of one of the biggest sports franchises in North America, the significance of New York sports, and advice on how to achieve such a successful career in the sports world. So enjoy. All right, welcome back. I'm here with Don Sperling, the vice president and executive producer of entertainment for the New York Giants. And so... People hear that title, but what does the job actually like entail? What's the basics of what you do? So um, my group, I'm the, as you said, VP and executive producer, we're in charge of the, it's the mar- it's a marketing group. It's part of the overall marketing group, but we're in charge of content production, uh, the branding of the giants. So we oversee all the media platforms. So digital, social, television, game day, we produce the game in the stadium, all the events that we do, whether a virtual now or hopefully on-site events, all that entertainment, all that, all that puts out there for, it's the interfacing with our fans and our season ticket holders and our sponsors. So how did you like get into this field where you, when you were like, yeah, I want to want to work for a sports team or I want to do this, or what well, was your Yeah, I mean, the sports team is sort of the end of my career here. (laughs) Uh, I was working, um, you know, I first started off in news and sports when I got out of college. I was working for CBS News and CNN. And then from CNN, I went to uh, the NBA in uh, late 82, 83. And kind of, we really formed NBA Entertainment. They didn't have an in-house production company the way NFL Films did. So we took a little bit of the NFL Films model, but made it, made it very different and created an in-house production company that would produce all of the NBA, license all the footage and produce all of the NBA's content from inside. Started out small and ended up really, really big. And the NBA, we rode the success of the 80s and the 90s, you know, Bird Magic Years, Jordan, obviously, the dream team. And, uh, you know, it was probably the golden years. I don't think uh, I couldn't have picked if someone told me I was there 15 years. Someone said to me, pick 15 years to beat the NBA. It would have been 83 to 98, the years I was actually there. I was I was there in the golden years. Awesome. And then, so I, I spoke to John Hawk, too, who I think you know, and he worked for the NBA entertainment and yeah, I hired John. So awesome. So he, I asked him about the biggest difference between working with NBA entertainment or NF, and then the NFL side, what would you say is the biggest difference? Well, the, you know, the NFL, it was much more established at that time. We were kind of the young up and coming, you know, little more modern. The league is, was different. The fans are different. See the, the difference really being is in the NFL, it's about the teams. You're really looting, you're rooting for laundry, okay? You're a Steelers fan, you you don't care who plays for them, you're a Steelers fan. You're a, you're a Giants fan, you root for the Giants, you know, you know, an anonymous Vikings fan, Cowboys fan, whatever. In the NBA, yes, there's hardcore 
fans, you're a Knicks fan, you're, you know, you're a Lakers fan, you're a Celtic fan, you know, um, and so forth, a Bulls fan, but we started to market the personalities and the stars. And that's really what we wrote in the 80s is the bird and magic. And then obviously Michael Jordan and then the guys in the dream team and the Barclays and Ewing and David Robinson and all those guys. We marketed by that also. So you could be in New York, but waiting to go to the game is you wanted to see Jordan or bird or magic or Isaiah Thomas or someone like that. Okay. And it was that the marketing was a little different. You know, the amount of people watching the NFL was massive, you know, Sunday. We were sort of always in that catch and win. And still to this day, the NFL is still the, now I'm on the NFL side. The NFL is still the, you know, the big, the big one in the room. Then do you see, you talked about like marketing like players and NBA. Do you think that's becoming increasingly like equal with the NFL too, with like, Mahomes, Brady, or it's just as long as they have the helmet, yeah. it'll be harder. It's bigger now because they're now seeing these guys because of social media. It's 100% bigger because they now get to see what these guys look at. That was the one advantage that we had at the NBA was these guys were playing in shorts and a tank top. They're playing in their underwear, basically. And, and the cameras are closer and there's no, you see the sweat and you see everything. There's no helmets and shoulder pads and all kinds of equipment on. So the the personalities were much easily marketed. Now with the modern technology and social media, the NFL players and, and the NFL is still the king. I mean, the Super Bowl is still the highest rated sports, not just sports, television event in the world. So and being on a team is, is a little different. I was always at the league level at the NBA. Now I'm at a team level at the NFL. It's much more, the league level, you have to be you know, a little more wide-eyed. You have to be a little more, see bigger picture. The team, it's all about you know, making sure your team wins. Winning and losing is, is much more critical in the NFL than any other sport. There's only 16 games, there's only eight home games, 17 games now, excuse me, I'm, I stand corrected. But there could be eight or nine home games and that's it. So you know, on Monday, if you've won, everybody's kind of walking with a hop and a skip. And if you lose, nobody's making eye contact. It's like there's a funeral every Monday when you lose in, in the hallways. So what are the main principles you abide by, like running your job for a team specifically, like you said? Well, really, uh, the, the integrity of the brand, um, in, making um, interfacing and engaging your fan base, and that's all fan bases. So obviously, social media is, is big, and it's growing even more still, and there's more social media initiatives. So we put a lot of emphasis on that. And really fan engagement, making sure our season ticket holders, our sponsors, you know, because that's important, that pays the bills. Last year was a tough year for every sport, not just NFL. You know, we lost a lot of uh, income in sponsorship because of, and also season, you know, and tickets and everything. But, you know, we're back up again. So, you know, we just got to kind of look, look past last year and move forward. But fan engagement making your brand, making it fun, engaging, but also the integrity of the game, making sure you're, you create a home field advantage for your team when you produce the game in the stadium, okay? Um, the way we produce the game in the stadium is we 
try to do it the way a network production would look, except for the home field advantage. All the prompts, get up, stand up, get loud, all that stuff, showing replays that favor our team and so forth. You know, those kind of things you, you, you have to do uh, because the fans and fans want to win too. Winning and losing is obviously critical to your fans' opinion of the team. You know, when the team's winning, everyone loves you. When you're losing, you know, oh boy, look at this, look at that. Yeah. So like you mentioned, like the experience generating like the home field broadcast and everything and experience, like everyone, we all football fans, sports fans, we just like, we watch the games we take in, we follow like the teams on Instagram. It's like really casual, but like how much goes into that? Like all of the production. Well, there's two things. You're watching the games at home. That's not the game we produce. That's the networks producing the game. So that's a neutral based game. Okay. They're not going to favor one team over the other because it's a network game, but inside that stadium, it's a home field event. It's our fans. It's our boards, video boards. It's our prompts. It's, you know, everything is put in. We have to be fair about it. We And there are a lot of rules the NFL has, like noise and playing certain types of noise, 20 seconds before snap and all that stuff. But we're trying to create a home field advantage for our coach, our players, and our organization. Um, also, the way we depict the team. Listen, we're not going to, we're not here. I mean, I'll be honest with you. We're not going to do a lot of, the media has enough negativity in it, right? We're not going to do all the negative stories. We're going to try to put our players in the best position and, you know, promote the players that are doing a lot of great things, not only on the field, but in the community. Community is huge. We, we, we produce a lot of that. A lot of the stuff that the players do off the field. We want to make them likable, engaging, and and actually entertaining to all of our fan base. You talked about, yeah, like making your players really impressionable and well-liked, but like, what if there's like, how do you handle when there's like a, maybe an issue with a player maybe, and there's like a, and then like every comment section will be just like asking about, it, or it'll be the whole story. Yeah, you know, you got to put out the stuff. You got to put it on the comments or the comments. We don't answer back to the specific comments. You know, we don't censor them. We just make sure, unless there's something vile or, or, you know, on there that's so offensive, that would be censored, right? But we don't do that. I mean, hopefully our fans, our fans are open, you know, listen, there are fans, some of them pay a lot of money for tickets, some of them, some of them pay to buy our, buy our gear and stuff like that. But, you know, it's an open forum, you know, if on, if, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, whether it's TikTok, whether it's, you know, on, on Twitter, it doesn't matter. It's, it's an open forum. So we put out our content and we let them, we let everything drop as it is. Yeah. Like even if like a player is like asking for a trade, it's just like you continue on. Yeah. But we, we don't promote that. Like we're yeah. not going to put that the media that's going to be in all the local papers on all the networks on all the writers, you know, we don't sit there and try to push the needle on that kind of stuff. We'll just put out stuff that we think is fun and entertaining and, and newsworthy but we don't get into the, we don't get into the stuff like that. Yeah. And you mentioned like TikTok. So where do you see, you see that becoming like the biggest platform for all this or you're adapting no, to that? No, TikTok's for a very, very young audience. So there's TikTok's more for kind of fun and entertaining. You don't do a lot of hardcore sports on TikTok. Let's face it. The age group is very, very young. All right. You know, it's young kids to, you know, of course there's older demographic that are into it, but no, that's really for more fun, engaging, entertaining, almost off-field antics of 
of the football team. And listen, who knows? TikTok, these kind of things run, you know, there is, there's a lot of these type of things that have been going on and um, who knows what the next one will be. We try to stay on the cusp of all the new technology. You know, TikTok might be gone in a few years and replaced by uh, a, different, a different type of uh, app that kind of changes the, the sense of where the fans are and what they like to watch. Who knows? So you see like Instagram and Twitter being like the main ones for foreseeable future. Yeah, Instagram's a huge uh, message uh, platform for us. Twitter is more news. I think Twitter is a, Twitter, you know, you use Twitter for more newsworthy type of stuff and also announcements and platforms. Facebook is, you know, a little older demographic, a little engaging, but we do a lot of Facebook Live. Um, we also, you know, do a lot of our live content on all these platforms and our tape content. So Facebook Live, Instagram, um, Twitter, um, you know, we still use television as a still a, a big tool for us, you know, uh, our website, our mobile app, which has grown astronomically over the last few years. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just trying to make sure we uh, kind of through all the algorithms, which is nothing I know about, the analytic part is a little above me, but I listen and I watch and I take note and we try to time everything by one of the best times that fans are, are watching, one of the best times fans are using, are using our, uh, our platforms and we, uh, you know, we go with the numbers. And then behind you, I see like Nick's stuff going on. Do you guys Nick's? like, or like, it's Nick's? like. Where? On the TV? You know, like, there, there was like some. Oh, that's the TV. That's the TV. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I was asking, like, do you guys, do you ever associate with, like, the other New York sports teams? Or, yeah, like, yeah, we actually, well, our TV, our, our TV contract is on MSG Network. So we do a lot of interfacing and a lot of cross-promotion with the Knicks and Rangers because it's on MSG. Um, we did some things last year, uh, two years ago, with R.J. Barrett and Daniel Jones because they both went to Duke and they both were there together. R.J. played at Duke while Daniel Jones played at Duke and we did some stuff. Yeah, we, we try to, it's not a lot, but we, we do it whenever possible. You know, our, our, our rookie team always goes to the baseball stadium and throws someone at the first round pick, always throws out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium or, or Shea, I said Shea, or City Field for the Mets. You know, we, we promote and we push. We don't sit there and we don't work together on sponsorships or things like that, but you know, we like when the Knicks and Nets were in the playoffs, we did a, you know, Hey, good luck to our New York teams, you know, good luck to the Yankees, good luck to the Islanders, good luck to whoever. Yeah. I mean, not a lot, but you know, I should have put on NFL network. <laughs> it's all good. It's playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a big Knicks fan. You know, that was amazing last night. The Knicks are my team. So, uh, you know, I'm, and, and being, I'm working at the NBA for 15 years. I still have a lot of, uh, you know, I still have a lot of love there. This is the best New York sports story since we won the Super Bowl in 2011, the Knicks. So how would you think, imagine the, like the Giants making a uh, deep playoff run again or winning the Super Bowl? Oh yeah, Bowl. well, the Giants, you know, that, that, went, that went crazy. I mean, we won two Super Bowls in four years here and the, and the town was completely nuts. You know, at the, we had three and a half million people you know, at the Canyon of Heroes Parade in 2008, you know, after the 2007 season, we won the Super Bowl. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, listen, it's, it's a big city and there's enough room for a lot of teams. <laughs> that's, the, that's the magic. You know, you go to some cities 
and it's extremely provincial. You know, you go to like Washington and the Redskins are everything. You know, the other teams are like, yeah, yeah, they like the Caps, they like the Wizards, but when the Redskins are winning, that city is just all Redskins. You know, the it's the prevent, you know, the smaller, you know, there's enough. New York is not a provincial town. They matter that the fans are, are passionate, but when you go to these other small cities like you know, small like Boston or even Philadelphia or Detroit or not Chicago, but it's so, the teams are so much more important to their daily life. In New York, you have Broadway, you have the restaurants, you have, I mean, besides COVID, which blasted it out last year, but in normal times, there's just so many distractions in New York. There's museums, there's art, there's restaurants, there's Broadway, there's, there's just so much culture that sports isn't as important as it is in other cities. Like in Philly, you know, that's why the fans are so, are, are so bizarre there. Okay. And, and, you know, I mean, listen, I know you're, a, I know you're a Philly fan, but they're the, they're the, they're the lowest form of fans in all of football. Everyone knows Eagle fans. There's no, there's nothing lower than an Eagle fan. They'll do anything, say anything, do anything. Okay. Even, even, you know, even the Raider fans who everyone thought were not even close. Raider fans are like are like uh, sister are like Mother Teresa compared to Eagle fans. Uh, I'm glad you could go on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I can't. It's hard to debate that. It is hard to debate. Oh no, 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 no. Listen, it's not about the team, the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. I like the people in the organization. I don't like the Eagles themselves, but I like the people in the organization. But the fan base is just, you know, the things they've come, the things they do and come up with are unheard of anywhere in the league. After the Super Bowl, that's like grease the poles and like everything. Yeah, well, we don't want, yeah, which they shouldn't have won, which Belichick would have played Malcolm. Never mind. Go ahead. I'll, go back. I'll get back to the, the Giants. Just a couple of two last questions. What was your favorite, like, like player marketing experience or like just like soul experience, like marketing or like campaign or experience just in your years? Well, campaigns are my favorite thing here was being here for most of the career of Eli Manning. That's my, that's my take. That's my going to be on my all time take always on my experience here. Now, listen, obviously winning the two Super Bowls is the highlight, but he was the MVP of both. This guy, I always say this guy, he's not the greatest athlete. He's not the best player to ever play. He's not the best quarterback to ever play, but he's the greatest player I've been around because of all the attributes of what he is, because of the way he carried himself, never said a bad word about a teammate, a coach, a team, anything, always took the blame on himself. He's funny, he's engaging, he's classy, he's cool under fire. He's just, he's the most unique athlete. Listen, I produced and directed Michael Jordan's videos, okay? So <laughs> I was around the greatest athlete that ever lived, but, but, but Eli's the most unique athlete. I've ever been around in that sense. I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan. It's a different thing. Yeah, of course. And then just lastly, so you're looking like someone my age or someone like high school. Or I look college. like someone your age? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that too, that too. All right. Like you're looking at them, you're talking to them. And what would you give them as a, like one piece of advice looking to get into like sports production, maybe media on that side of it? Just one piece of advice. That's a hard one now. I mean, before it was like just never stop over outwork everybody, you know, lose the, and I, I don't mean to say this, but, but, but there is a reputation, lose the millennial reputation, 
which is like, uh, I'm entitled, I have it coming to me. Nothing's coming to you. You have to go out and earn everything, everything that you do. There's no one, that no one owes you anything. Go in there, be the first one in, the last one to leave. Keep your foot pedal to the metal. Go through a wall. Make yourself indispensable to your boss, your producer, who, whoever it is. Show why you're indispensable, okay? It's not even about what you know. It's about your attitude. It's about how hard you're willing to work. People are willing to get, the way I hired people, now at NBA Entertainment, I hired a lot of people that went on to very, very successful careers. I'm not saying, listen, I had a lot of misses also, but they're, you know, look at John Hawk, okay? Look at, you know, look at all the, Pat Kelleher, look at all these guys, you know, you know, Mike Antonoro, they're all successful. David Check, baseball, David Gavant. They all went on to be executives in all the other sports and be very successful because they had the right attitude. It wasn't that they came in knowing production. We taught them production. They came in with the, with the ability and the attitude and the smarts. Listen, and I always say to everyone, being smart is really, really helpful. You know, being smart will get you there. But if you really want to be great, being smart will get, will, is, will get you to be good. Being great, you have to have passion. If you combine passion with smarts, then you, then the formula is there. You have to have passion. You have to love what you're doing and you have to immerse yourself in it 24 seven. You have to give up and sacrifice a lot of other things. Some people are willing to do that. Some people aren't, that's okay. No one's saying you have to, but if you, you're asking me, if you really wanna be successful in this business, outwork, outperform everybody else around you, but not at their expense, but always be a open, honest and, and good person. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking time out of your like, super busy schedule. I you're really welcome, Carver. I can't say good luck on the season, but. I know. That's okay. That's okay. All right. Well, listen, thank you, Carver. Pleasure. You're, you're, you're a fine young man. Good luck with your career. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Yeah, all right. You too.